You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, so this uh, is the last Sunday in the month of October. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for having been with us through the year. And I told some of my friends and brothers yesterday that I have good news for them. I have the same good news for you. Praise the Lord. Who wants to hear the good news? How many? Okay, if you weren't there yesterday, so you, don't, you didn't hear it. So let me give you the good news. The good news is that from tomorrow, the 1st of November, for the next three weeks, we are going to be fasting as a church. Hallelujah. Isn't it good news? If you're Nigerian, it should be good news. Indomie was uh, 1,001 before. It's now 3,000. So I'm saving you money. Your cooking gas, I'm saving you cooking gas. How many other things am I saving you? (laughs) Praise the Lord. But most importantly, God will see you. And God will respond to you. There are several things in the Bible that Jesus didn't say if. He said when. He said when you pray, which means you're expected to pray. He said when you give, which means you're expected to do what? To give. He said when you fast, which means you're expected to do what? And all of them, he said your heavenly father will do what? Reward you. So somebody is going to be blessed. I know that. Some long-standing issues will be solved in the next 21 days. In the name of Jesus. And peradventure, even our nation. You know, some people are waiting for 2023. And wait, every day I wake up, I'm expecting that that will be the day that I'll hear good news, great news concerning this nation. So peradventure, even within these 21 days, we will hear the news that will make us dance. We will hear that there are no more kidnappers. No more terrorists. Amen. No more bloodshed on our streets. That there is unity amongst Nigerians. Peace, love, and joy. As is meant to be. Praise the Lord. And then salvation flooding the whole nation. From our majorities to our sultans. Getting born again. Full of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And then a revival in the church. Turning back to the ancient pathways. Praise the Lord. I'm serious. I believe that. And um, you know. We are going to see as we go into our study today. Praise God. Okay, so th- this morning I actually uh, believe that God put some things in my heart and I want to trust God to, you know, share it with all of us. Amen. And it, it was like a question, you know, that the Lord, you know, made ha- have for me. He said, how does one connect from the natural world to the spiritual world? How do you really engage the interaction so if there is a theme, we call it dual citizens, okay? Dual citizens or dual citizenship. How, how does one operate in these two, you know, um, environments? And, you know, last Sunday, if you were in church last Sunday, we, we tried to ascertain how do I make sure, how am I sure that I'm safely saved, I'm, I'm born again, okay? I'm not just... In this thing, and then rapture happens, and I, I'm still a church member. You know, after rapture, if you're a church member, that means there's wahala. Praise the Lord. After rapture, it should be that you can be found. Amen. Somebody say amen. Say, so I won't be found because I will go with Jesus in the name of Jesus. So we looked at Ezekiel 36 25 to 20, and we said there is cleansing, okay. There is a new heart, there is a replacement, there is a surgery, removal of the hard heart, and the giving of the soft heart. And then the third part is where we are giving the Spirit of God that makes us want to do, that makes us love to do the Word of God, the commandment of God, to obey God. Three things. There is forgiveness because we can't approach God on our standard. It says all our righteousness is what? Like filthy rags. Yes, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. So starting... From there, we are washed, we are given a new heart, our hard drive is changed, and then they put a new software. Praise the Lord. That's the way it works. And then you are born again, okay? And our Lord Jesus put it this way. He said, unless a man be born again, he cannot what? 
he cannot see the kingdom. The man who is being born again to begin to see the kingdom, belong to a kingdom. He was existing. It's not the initial birth. Praise the Lord. So for you to actually qualify to be born again, you have to have been born at all. Praise the Lord. And then when you're born again, they don't kill you. So the old you remains. That's part of also why we are fasting. So that we can progress further in this new birth. Somebody say amen. amen. And leave the old man behind us. I said the thing Momichi gave for this fast is the flesh must die. Somebody say the flesh must die. Yes. Uh-huh. The old man, that old system, we must leave it behind and make progress. Somebody will make progress in Jesus' name. Okay, so our Lord Jesus in John 3, 3 said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he went further in 5 and 6 and took it, you know, a bit further and said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is what? Born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we see that there is the birth of the flesh, which our parents, human parents, give birth to us and we begin to grow. We begin to, you know, eat food and we begin to grow, grow into a full-fledged man, a full-fledged, you know, lady, beautiful, handsome man, all of that. We are growing. But there is another system, there is another environment, which is the kingdom of God. And he says, in that kingdom, you have to be born of the water and of the spirit. And in that kingdom, there is growth as well. Praise the Lord. So in this uh, study this morning, we want to see... How, what, what do we do? How do we operate in these two kingdoms? In fact, in, um, in Philippians 3.20, the Bible makes it very clear to us. It says we have a citizenship. Can you please put it on the screen for us? It says for our citizenship is where? Is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a citizenship. Everyone who is born again is a citizen of where? Heaven. You have heaven's passport. You may not have it in your hand, but you have been given the seal of the Holy Ghost. It's better than any international passport. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so we have that citizenship. However, every human being who is part of this kingdom, who is still alive, belongs also to a physical world. And in that world, you have several citizenships. Acts 22, 27, and 28. We can see the apostle Paul himself telling us his own citizenship. He says, the commander came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman? He said, yes, 28. The commander answered, with a large sum, I obtained the citizenship. And Paul said, I was born a citizen. So we see Paul here affirming and making, taking advantage of his privileges as a Roman citizen. Praise the Lord. In some account, he said he's a citizen of a, is a Sicily and he said, no mean city. So he was proud of it and he made use of it. But he is also a citizen of heaven. Now the thing about citizenship is that it confers on you a lot of rights. Okay? And then it confers on you also privileges, you know, privileges, rights and all of that. But there are also responsibilities. Okay? So anywhere the system works that you're a citizen, invariably as an adult, you're going to pay taxes. So for those who are here who are maybe dual citizens, American citizens and, you know, Nigerian citizen, you'll find out that you still have to file your tax returns in the United States, okay? I don't know what you do here, but I know that you file your tax returns in the U.S., okay? So there are, there are responsibilities that come with it. And then the person who is a dual citizen cannot be in the two places at the same time, okay? Even though you're a dual citizen, you can only occupy one location at a what? At a time, okay? Now, what we want to see is how do I, as a Christian, as a born-again Christian, operate, even though I'm on earth, how do I operate in the things of heaven? Praise the Lord. How do I make sure that my earthly citizenship is not hindering, is not restricting, is not contrary to my heaven, kingdom of God citizenship? Are we following? How do we inter, you know, interact in the two of them? In Matthew 16, 19, sorry, Matthew 16, 19, our Lord Jesus speaking to Peter said to him, whatever you bind on earth will be what? Bound in heaven. So there's a correlation. You cannot operate in the two. And I want to take us to a very simple story that most of us are already familiar with, even from the children's church. Come with me to Genesis 25, and I'll read you an account from 29 to 34, and then we'll go to... 
uh, two chapters ahead, 27, and see the conclusion of the account. Genesis 25, from 29 to 34. I would like us to read together, please. From 29. Are we ready? Okay, let's go. He said, Now, Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same rest you, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. It's like some people we call food today. You know, are there people that their names are. Uh-huh. Anyway, so therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So, what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Can we see what happened here? What happened here is that two brothers in a house, one was very hungry, one had food. Okay, and he begged his brother for food, and the brother said, Sell me this thing. And he said, Ah, what is that? Take it, give me food. And then the Bible said, He did what? He ate, he drank, he arose, and he went his way. That was it. How simple is that? Very simple. How many of us ate yesterday? How many of us ate day before yesterday? I know you won't be eating much from tomorrow, so. Okay, okay, so, so very simple act, okay? But let's see what happens now. Come with me to chapter 27. And uh, because of time and because I know you have an idea of the story, I'll read from 26. What had now happened here is that this Jacob now, the mother overheard the father say to the brother Esau, I want you to go and get me a particular meal that I like, okay? There's this meal I like, go and get it, bush meat, get it and, you know, prepare it the way I like, bring it. When I eat it and I'm, my soul is happy, I will bless you. The mother overheard it and sent his preferred son, Jacob, to say, go now and do this thing. Let's steal your brother's blessing, okay? So this is what happened. Verse 26. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled and the smell of his clothing. He smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. And nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. And let your mother's sons bow down to you. How many mother's sons did he have? It was just, it was just one. Okay. Curse be everyone who curses you. And blessed be those who bless you. Look at 30. 30 will continue. Say, now it happened. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father. That Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father rise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. 32. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? I don't know how many of us that our parents got old enough that when you greet them, they say, Which one are you? Anybody had that experience? Your parents got that order. When you agree, they'll now say, uh, they'll call, depending on where you come from. If it's 30 that you are, the man might call 20. It's not yet you. But this man had two sons. Okay? And the son greeted him and said, who are you? You know why? Something had happened. Okay? Something serious had happened. We'll continue. I'll come back there. So he said, I'm your son. Your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be what? Blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. 
and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Let us stop here. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. You see, we have in this account a story that is so clear, so plain, so understandable. But what I marvel at is the uh, simplicity of Esau. Look at Esau's statement in verse 36. He said, is he not rightly named Jacob? He said, for he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved? I, I want to start by asking us, do you think this statement makes sense? What is saying here? Does it make sense? He said he took away my birthright and then he has taken away my blessing. Now, let's see this way. Very simple. What is shown here is a man who is naive, who is unmindful. Who is unconscious of another citizenship? When we, well, the first part of it, when we read it, all Esau saw was this physical environment. All Esau knew was his body. He knew his hunger pangs. He knew his immediate needs. He knew the things that he needed then. He knew that he needed accommodation. He knew that he needed to marry. He knew that he needed a child. He knew that he needed to buy a car. And all his considerations that he was using to take, make a decision was fit into that circle. He said to the brother, he said, I am about to die. What is birthright to me? Now, for the same man to now come and separate birthright from blessing shows you how naive, how foolish, how, how un, un, untaught he is. And brethren, that is why we're looking at this, so that you and I will not be like that in the name of Jesus. Because a time is going to come. We read from Genesis 25, and then we read 27. So two chapters in between. Now, this acts, like we said, things that are done here that influence the other kingdom. This acts sometimes the recompense or the fruit does not always come automatically. Some of them take time. Some take 50 years, some take 100 years, some take 200 years. Praise the Lord. But the thing is this, our Lord Jesus speaking, okay, said, and we, you and I, I, let me use myself, say, shall give an account for every idle word that I want, that I speak. Now, if I will give an account for every idle word that I speak, what of the ones that I don't speak idly? You know, when we hear that statement, we think that he's saying we'll give account of only the idle words. No, he's trying to say to us that whatever I do here, whatever I say here, has what correspondence in the other kingdom. So he was saying by comparison, okay, that even the idle words that are said here, we looked at the Ecclesiastes 5, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1, I think it's on Wednesday. Where he said, when you draw near to the house of the Lord, he said, draw near to what? To hear, rather than to offer the sacrifice of food. He said, why should you say to the angels, I was joking? You see, in this kingdom, you can joke. Praise the Lord. In this kingdom, they can promise us dollar will become one naira. Uh, 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 how many refineries in the first uh, four years? They can promise us everything, okay? And if they don't do it, nothing will happen. We'll continue. But in that kingdom, is someone with me? In this other kingdom where we belong to, every word you speak, the angels don't understand. They don't use eraser. Do you understand? The Bible says these angels are sent to us. And who are they? It says they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to us that are heirs of salvation. Every, every, that, that's why you have to grow this new man. Do you understand? Because the angels are cooperating with whatever is coming out of you. And if what is coming out of you continues to be flesh, the old man, you'll continue to have issues and challenges and troubles. But if you mortify the flesh and release this new man, 
you will find out that there will be correspondence between you and angels. And it will be favorable to you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, because it, you see, what I'm trying to say to us here is this. You see, that you're not being able to trace the correlation between this kingdom and that doesn't mean that kingdom doesn't exist. It just means that you're not interpreting it well. Just like in this case, Esau said, he stole my birthright. What did he think birthright should cost him? Maybe they changed, you know, sleeping area. You know those days, junior boys sleep inside if you're sharing mattress, right? Or maybe uh, top bunk and double and uh, lower bunk, Okay. They still use bunks, right? So, so I, I don't know what he thought, but we can see from this statement that he thought birthright was just something, you know, on that side. It, it didn't matter. So now he's looking for blessing because that sounds like what this world understands. Not knowing that the birthright up to today, not one of us will say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. I don't even think there's anybody named Esau. Is, I hope there is none. But how many Jacobs do we have? I, I seen it, but he couldn't understand it. All he thought was the blessing. All he thought, the Bible says, that same rescue. It was what he saw, it was what he needed, it was what he bargained for. And to him, his brother has given him food, he's okay. But he did not understand the implications in the other place where he had citizenship. And in that place, they struck off his name. That's why the father, who had only two sons, was saying, who are you? Two children. And look at their names. Very easy to remember. Jacob and what? So if it's not Jacob, it's Esau. If it's not Esau, it's Jacob. But because of an act that he took in the physical that had implications in the spiritual, they had wiped off his name. He, he now had to be saying, I am your firstborn. In the spirit, he was no longer firstborn. He had sold his birthright. But to him, it didn't matter because I was only joking. How could he have taken me seriously? I mean, what is there? You just gave me food and drink. Is that all? But you, you don't understand the way these things happen. How was the heaven and earth created? I've told us here that God didn't flex muscle. He said, let there be light. Until you and I come to the place where we understand that we are, even though we are physical, okay, even though we're in this, you know, uh, uh, material world, there's a spiritual world that responds to signals in such effective fashion. Okay, that's why as a person grows and matures in Christianity, his words become fewer. Because he knows that no word is unattended to. Lawyers understand a bit of that when they are counseling a client. They tell them to be careful what they say. So it is the same thing we see here. So we look back and we wonder what happened here. Now, take this scenario. Now, imagine if Esau said to the brother, uh, because of bread and stew, let me sell you better. Okay, don't worry. I'll give you a piece of land. You know, it would have made more sense. But to him, what is right? Betrayed to him then was just a word. He couldn't in his mind factor the implications. He couldn't in his mind, you know, just, just, you know, project to the future. He couldn't see that before his father came on the scene, there was an Abraham whom God had said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. He didn't see that Abraham's blessings had been transferred to his father Isaac. He didn't see that that blessing Isaac had, had to be transferred to one of them. So it was nothing to him. Why? He was blind. He thought Esau was all about Esau then. And child of God, we are learning this so that you, you will not look at yourself and think that I'm just one young man, you know, trying to survive in Nigeria. I heard that there is a new one now that is no longer just Yahoo, that is Yahoo Plus. How many have heard that? That Yahoo Plus is Yahoo plus the occultic plus, you know, so, so, that, so, so, you know, these things are there. To them, they don't understand what is going on. Okay? And for those who are not born again, it really that's why we must intensify our, you know, outreach and try and reach as many people as possible. But where the shame is, is where Christians now don't understand that there is so much at stake. So much at stake. And I don't know if any one of us have had a situation 
looking at this Esau situation. Do you know that hunger, before hunger can kill you, I don't, is there a medical doctor here? How long does it take for someone to actually die of starvation? You know, five days of not eating won't kill you. Seven days of not eating, most likely you won't die. You see, if hunger really killed people, there won't be a lot of evils in this country. Because during the war, we starved. Do you understand? We really starved. Okay? But you can see many of us are still and see them fat like Pastor Lord. Before, before. <laughs> okay? Esau would not have died if he didn't eat. He would not have died the next day if he didn't eat. Child of God, that thing that you want to compromise about, it won't kill you. You will not die if you don't buy a car. You will not die if you don't marry. You will not die if you don't have children. You will not die if, you don't, if they don't celebrate you. You will not die. And besides, if you die as a Christian and die in the Lord, it is sleep. You understand what I'm saying? No, you won't. But Esau never saw it. He never understood it. To him, all he saw was the physical. He forgot that even as he was a citizen of earth, he was also a citizen of heaven. All right, a potential citizen of heaven. He forgot that even though he was in the natural, operating in the natural, that there was a supernatural dimension. He forgot that even though he was looking for physical and material food, there was invisible price he was about to pay. He forgot that even though in the temporal, his brother had advantage over him, in the eternal, he was in line for the blessings of Abraham. He forgot that. And when the Christian is unmindful of these things, that's when the enemy, you know, plays tricks on us. That's why we learned here a couple of months ago, I wish I could get that message and listen to it myself, that the enemy's greatest weapon is deception. Because truly he has nothing on you. He has nothing on you. He, that, that's why Lord Jesus Christ says, and you shall know what? The truth and the truth shall set you free. What Esau suffered from here was not as a result of hardship. It was as a result of not knowing the truth. And it is betrayed by his statement where he says, My brother took the birthright and now the blessing. The question is, what was the birthright? If he has separated it from the blessing. What was the birthright? And you can see that, you know, you know the Bible is so, such a wonderful you know, compendium of God's wisdom. That if you read on, when Jacob reconciled, came to reconcile with Esau, you know what Esau said to Jacob? He said, he's blessed. That's what he was looking for all the while. He still never caught it. He never found out. Because, and that was the mercy of God. Because if Esau didn't become very rich, he would have killed Jacob before time. But he looked around himself. He said, ah, truly, that bad try thing now. I'm a big man. Do you understand? That he told his brother, he, 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 Jacob was so afraid, so scared, that his brother, thinking that finally the brother would have known that he lost his bad try. But the man never found out. It was much later, we don't know when, the one that Hebrews begins to tell us. That later he now found out. Because when he saw the brother, you could see that there was no reference. There was no reference. He said to him, look at me. God has blessed me. Jacob was saying, "Uh -uh, what's going on here? The man never woke up to it. Who knows, maybe at his dying bed, I don't know, maybe in eternity. We don't know when he started crying out. And the Bible now says, Hebrews 12, you can put put it for us please. Uh, Verse 17 please. Where he now finally, Hebrews 12, 17, please. He said, for you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with what? With tears. He couldn't. But you see, you see before, before this time, he prospered. He came and met his brother and said, look, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But little did he know. That what he lost 
was not basically in, he wasn't in, uh, in, in Palestinian land. He thought what Jacob took from him would cost him in sheep, in cattle, in, you know, in lambs. But after a while, he realized, ah, I have sheep. He turned, I have lamb. I have plenty cattle. So when he saw the brother, he said, no, no, no. Let bygone be bygone. Eh? Let's move on. But today we know what he lost. Why? Because he did not understand the implication of dual citizenship. He didn't see. Child of God, the situation where we find yourself, where we find ourselves today, we have to balance. This step, if I take it, what does he say concerning my other abode? Are you getting me? How does it connect? Our Lord Jesus came. One of the main reasons our Lord Jesus had to come in the flesh was to let us know that there is another world. Praise the Lord. Christians, that is one thing that separates us, okay? Is that we are the only people who have a God who came and we saw him. That's why cults, you know, that try to pick bits and pieces from Christianity and do things, they always deny that Jesus came as a man. Because him coming as a man, and then after his resurrection as well, he didn't disappear. They saw him. Not just that they saw him, he ate food with him. He was trying to tell us that this thing we are doing here, we continue on another side. Are you getting in? He's trying to say that you are not, this is not all of you. This is not my beginning and this is not my end. So that's why also he used the word birth, talking about the people, citizens of this kingdom. He used birth. The same way we are born physically, we are also born what? Spiritually. The same way we make decisions physically, we also must make decisions what? Spiritually. The same way there are consequences of decisions in the physical, you know, in the short term. The same way there are consequences of decisions in the spiritual, in the longer term. He came to make that clear to us. He came to demonstrate that so that everyone who is his follower will be wise in that regard. That's why Paul said to Timothy that since childhood you have known the holy scriptures which is able what? To make you wise unto salvation. It's only the Bible that can make you wise because if not the Bible, you won't be wise unto salvation. You might be wise in this world. You might be smart in this world. Just like Solomon. You know, Solomon is a character I pity in the Bible because he had such great privilege. But he wasted it. Why? Because his wisdom was such wisdom that he prospered for a man to manage 1,000 women. He must be wise. How many of us can manage our wives? They are managing us. You know, every time, every time, you know, my wife will say, I say, why must you control me? I won't do that. Then after some time, she say, I'm doing exactly what she said. I've given up. How many of us are, are agreeing with me? One wife is controlling us like that. For the man to survive 1,000 wives, he must have had sense. 1,000. And they are from different zones. So the Chinese one will come. The Ethiopian one will come. The Ugandan one will come. And he was able to manage. But unfortunately, he was only wise concerning the things here. That's why at the end, he called it vanity. If you are wise concerning the kingdom, you don't call it vanity. You say, I'm going to receive for myself a crown. That's what the apostle Paul says. He says, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, he, he didn't finish with regret. He didn't finish. He, he, he said, I look forward to it. Uh, uh, Solomon didn't look forward to it. Why? Because he wasted his citizenship here. And realized only too late. The Lord made me write something. It, say, it says, whatever that can be lost is not it. Whatever that can be lost. Whatever. That can be lost. It's not it. I don't know how that will be explained to anybody. But whatever that can be lost is not it. Whatever that time will make no longer valuable is not it. Whatever that situation and circumstance will make no longer valuable is not it. During the lockdown, we saw that you can have money and not be able to travel, isn't it? 
You can have car and not be allowed to drive. Okay? Whatever that there can be a restraint on is not it. But that's why in the kingdom, the privileges of the kingdom, there is no point you can't exercise it. The apostle Paul says, I'm in chains, but the word of God is not in chains. In the kingdom, the benefits of the kingdom, anywhere you are, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Can they lock it out of you? The fruit of the spirit. Can they lock it out of you? No. Someone told me that in Lagos during the lockdown, and I don't know if they're still doing it now. He said during the lockdown that a lot of the celebrities, okay, it was after the lockdown. He said that don't mind all these people that you see that post things on, you know, on, on social media. He said they're not going anywhere. They'll stay in their house, bath, dress up, go to the car, do as if they're entering car, take picture, come out, take picture, then go take picture. That they're not going anywhere. That's so that they're doing it so that when people see them, they think things are happening. That they're in their house six months, they've not gone anywhere. Do you understand? I mean, so, so life, life, life is just there. The, the things that we attach so much importance to, you see that they don't even really sustain. Just like this food we are talking about. When you fast, you're going to realize that as the hunger hits you, you think that this food is too important. But the moment you eat the food, what dawns on you? Was this what I was? Then the next day you start again. And start thinking, this food, this food, I want it. Then when the food is now for you to eat, you realize, what is this food? That is what happens here. But in that kingdom, you see, we come here now. And, you know, something happens, we are praising God. After some time, we are tired. The elders in heaven, you know how long they have been praising God? Do you know how long they are still praising? They are not bored, though. That's why it's spiritual. Spiritual things, the, the, the Bible says, the things which are seen are what? Temporal. But the things which we can't see, they are what? They are eternal. The, the, the joys of heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? The experiences of this spiritual world, they never finish. Okay, that, that's, thank you, Holy Spirit. He told me something about sex. Okay, the children are in the church today, right? It's alright, God will help us. Okay? So he told me something about sex. Just talk, talking about something that passes. Okay? Sex, with as much commotion that it causes in this world, how long does the satisfaction of sex last? How long? Now, the Lord said to tell somebody, I'm sure it's not for everybody. He said, tell them that sex is very spiritual. Sex is what? Very spiritual, very spiritual. And he he explained it to me, so I'm going to explain it to him. He said to me, tell them, what marriage is okay in the court of the land okay so a man who is married in nigeria okay in the in the legal court in nigeria if he gets married in abuja and goes to lagos and gets married you know his prison sentence you know that okay he said what what marriage is in the physical that's what sex is in the spiritual because see, in the spiritual they don't use paper. So once there's an, a, a sexual relationship between two persons, in the spiritual they say they're married. That's why the Bible says, let not the one who is joined to the Lord join the Lord with an harlot. I get in it now. So every sexual relationship is a marriage. The spiritual people, they don't understand, I'm sorry. They don't understand, no, I didn't want to marry. It's just, uh, we're just uh, playing. They don't understand that. They just put you wedded. So some people are wedded zigzag. They are wedded 770 times. Now, now, now. I'm still going somewhere. I'm still going somewhere. So, so in the natural, okay, if you have 770 wives, if, if it's allowed, you're, you are responsible to every obligation that is in that union. So if it's alimony, that's why some people, you can't prosper beyond the level. Because your spiritual wealth is being donated to all your married partners. Your destiny is being distributed to all your married partners. Some want to sink in hell. They are drawing you down. You want to go up. They say, no, we are married. You can't go anywhere. Is somebody getting in there? 
The same way when people get married physically, they have joint assets and liabilities. When, uh, when you also have sex with someone, you begin to have joint, access as, uh, joint assets and liabilities. What the person has becomes your own. The person's covenant becomes your covenant. It's as simple as that. Men, are you listening to me? It's not about your wife, so. And then for the women also, it's not about somebody catching you. It's about, do you want to marry that person? And that marriage is not, the, they can't dodge. Once you marry, if it's Mami water you have married, if, for those who believe in Mami water, you are now official husband or Papi water, anyone that it is. <laughs> eh? You know, the man gave you money. Abi Alhaji gave you money. He, he rented house for you. Don't worry, you are an official wife. Whatever he, the demons he's carrying, you, you are obligated to share it with him because in the spiritual, the contract you have signed is, I do. The, no, that, that's what he said. This one is not the one I'm, I wrote it down. He said, tell them. That's what it is. So he said, Christians don't, don't understand. If somebody eating food, brother, food from my house, cooked by my brother, cost me my birthright. Understand how serious what we're talking about is. It's not stolen food, though. It's not neighbor's food. His brother's food. Just because the brother said, let's swap. Then think about the other dimensions of it. Think about those that are taking stolen money and doing things. You don't know what you're doing. In, in, on this side, you know, the, the Bible says, Esau ate and drank, arose, and went his way. He thought he had gone his way. He had gone bound. That's what he thought. He thought he went his way, but he had gone bound. Far from God's destiny. He left God's destiny behind. Later, his father asked him, who are you? May they not ask you a question that will break your heart. In the name of... May, you know, but it, it, they, they can imagine, and, and like, I don't know if we had said this before. Some other time, the Lord was saying to me, he said, do you know that, unfortunately, some, in hell, there will be degrees of pain. In the sense that, if somebody, which I don't think because of God's goodness will ever happen. If somebody's in hell, and never really had an opportunity not to be in hell. In which sense, he never heard the gospel and all of that. Okay? Do you think he's going to have too much regret? His regrets will be limited. He'll just think that that is, I mean, if such a situation would arrive. He'll think that is just a normal course of life. But imagine where, like the story of the rich man and Lazarus, where somebody goes to hell and he knew he was interacting with heaven every day. Is somebody listening to me? He knew he was interacting with heaven. He knew Abraham. Eh? He knew Lazarus. He knew all the things that are there. And then he finds himself in heaven. And then he asks himself, why why am I not in heaven? Let me tell you what is helping me this. Every time I hear, I see somebody who made a first class, I go back to my school. I go back 30 something years ago. I left school 30 something years ago. And I ask myself, why didn't you make a first class? I'm telling you, every first class, just the thing weakens me. I just say it. I just say then the, my, my, myself or nobody's telling me. Myself will start asking me, why didn't you make a first class? Give me two reasons. And I can't find any. I was just foolish. Do you understand? That, that's the painful part. When you know that you know better, but you didn't do. Do you understand? If I went into school, if I went into school with let my people go, if I, if I, if I did jump and, and cross jump with, you know, you know that adjusted cut-off. After the cut-off, then they did some from people from your village. And then adjusted it and brought you. Do you understand? I went in best student. I went in excellent way. Best student. Yes, I was the first. How come living, you were not the first? I was doing guy. Do you understand? So whenever I see first class, my heart will beat me. Because I traded four years of being guy with forever. And, and the annoying thing is that even when people are 60 years old, they still introduce them as first class engineering. I don't understand why they do that to me. <laughs> you know, 
You see an old man that left school 50 years ago, they still tell you he made first class. As if to make us regret, all of us. I know many of us are here. Eh? But we won't make that mistake in eternity in the name of Jesus. Yes, we've made enough mistakes. So, so he, said, he said, tell them this thing so that they understand that there's an interplay. There's an interplay. Life is not empty. No, no, nobody, no God, no wise God will create such a beautiful world. And leave it, without, leave it emptily. So someone wakes up, takes AK-47 and kills people and raises people. And then he just goes away like that. No, everybody's going to answer. But the thing, the problem there is that we think some people will answer. And then some will not answer. Some things are too big. Some things are small. That's why we took the story of Esau. It was a small thing. Because if we, we, we can't talk. Everybody knows that Cain should suffer. Because Cain committed murder, isn't it? He killed his brother. But this one now, what did he do? Isn't this a bit of high-handed, high-handedness? But it's not. There are principles of the kingdom. Because the same way he lost it, the same way another brother did what? Gained it. So why don't you join the gaining side? Why don't you join the side that will be rising? Why don't you join the side that no matter where you are found today, you can go higher based on these simple principles of the kingdom. So he says, when you pray, he said, whatever things you desire when you pray, do what? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So you can pray. You can come in in whatever situation that you've come in and then you can pray to God based on these principles of this kingdom. Prayers that are said on earth are heard in heaven. I get what I'm saying. Yes. Provided there are no contradictions. Because I can't vote with my prayer and cancel it with my action and expect the prayer to be answered. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is how many? One. You, you enter. Praise the Lord. You're doing a, is it internet banking now? Okay. You enter, you enter your account number. They ask for, what, what do they ask again? They ask for PIN. PIN and uh, token. Okay, you enter your pin, you enter your cousin's pin, you enter your neighbor's pin. Will the thing answer you? It will warn you, oh boy. <laughs> Decide which one you want to do. It's the same way we do. So we send signal. We're in church now, we're looking very pious and nice. And I trust that you continue like that because part of the things I want to pray is that you're more spiritual after service than during service. That's where, that's where it matters. Because you're here three hours, two hours, okay? But you live the rest of your life. There is no time, people of God, there is no time heaven shuts down and ceases to take signals. I know people have made us think that if you're in the middle of the night, if you do some things in the middle of the night, if you do some things on top of a mountain, whether you're on a mountain or in a hotel, whether you're on the road, anywhere you are, they didn't even tell us at what time Esau ate this food. When, whatever time he ate it, he sold his birthright. Whatever time you speak contrary to what the kingdom wants you to speak, they will take you seriously. They have to take you seriously. Every idle word Which means let there be no idle words And that should help if there are comedians listening to me Please be careful what you make comedy of And if you're not a comedian Be careful what you laugh to You see life sometimes might seem restrictive For the person who has understanding I'm telling you It might seem as if your life is you know, you know, uh, uh, Straight jacketed You can't enjoy some of the things people enjoy But you see the liberty you're having in the spirit If anybody really knows They will envy you there, there are some things I can't laugh to. There, there are just some things I can't laugh to. You know what? I know they have implications. I mentioned there some time ago, there was a comedian who, who did a, a skit. And in this skit, you know, the church or the pastor, whatever, was doing their own. And he didn't move it. Then when uh, uh, Babalawo did, he feared. Then I laughed. What are you saying? When we say at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Then you're saying at the name of Babalawo, every knee should bow. But the other one, ne? no, no, it's not, this comedy is not for me. Because where I come from, at the name of Jesus, what happened? Every knee shall bow. So if you're not exalting that name, you have lost me already. 
Because I can't play. No, no, I can't play. Nobody who understands rifle will pick a rifle that is loaded and be, you know, teaching children with it. We heard what happened in the news about the movie that we're shooting. And the actor shot and killed somebody. That's what happens when you have real power. You can't do movie with it even. You have to be very careful. It's the same way. We are, we are citizens of two kingdoms. If somebody were not a citizen of heaven, he can be free. He can dress anyhow. He can talk anyhow. There's a way you dress, sister. There's a way you dress. You send signal to heaven. And you send to hell also. You tell them this is what you've come for. So men will go home with your picture. And then you'll be having dreams and be wondering what is going on. No, what is happening is that you sold and they bought, even though there was no conversation. It's a king, you see, it, these are principles. The things that are done physically don't end here. They don't end here. It's either you send text message or you do Bluetooth or you do infrared or you do what else again. But your phone is communicating. Even sometimes you don't even do anything. Your phone is still communicating. They said there are apps that your phone is downloading, whether you approve or not, Abby. Once the phone is there, uh-huh. it's the same way. You're like a, a packaged equipment from heaven. And everywhere you're found, signals are being you know, transmitted up and down, transmitted up and down. Are you transmitting life? Are you saying, my future will be bright? Are you saying, let me sell my future for today? That's what we're learning. So, Jacob, let, let's go, turn to Jacob because, uh, you know, Jacob becomes an example for you and I. What will make a young man like Jacob tell the brother, I mean, I can't even think about it, sell me your birthright. What could make a young man like Jacob say that? Jacob had an uncommon revelation of divine things. Such that even his weaknesses were, you know, submerged because of his value for divine things. Look at when he encountered the angel of God in that wrestling. Do you understand? Imagine you wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. After wrestling with someone, you say, I won't leave you until you bless me. Who does that? Isn't it at the end of wrestle you follow with cursing? Yeah, yeah, we go fight tomorrow. Jacob finished, uh, I know I thought you blessed me, Joe. He, he, he had a hunger. If someone gets him, he, Jacob could sense today. Jacob said, I see Abraham. I want to follow his path. He wasn't so strong. That's why it's not about our strength. It's the spirit of God that does it. But there's a desire in him. He wanted to be connected to what God was doing. He was saying, whatever you're doing in this season, Jehovah, don't do it without me. I may be a supplanter, but I want to be under you. And because God is almighty, because God is almighty, he could walk with him. And grant him his desire. What am I trying to say? There are desires that we must cultivate. Praise the Lord. There, there, there are things that must become our dreams. In spite of where we are coming from. In spite of the stage at which you are listening to this sermon. You must desire to go higher in God. Nobody has a right to tell you you are disqualified. Because if anybody was, Jacob was. And see, see the mercy of God. What God did with him. At that wrestling you know, bout. God now said to him, okay, tell me your name. And Jacob didn't tell God, Archbishop, Reverend Doctor, Beth Righted. He said, listen, the man you're looking at is a supplanter. If you knew the goodness of God and the greatness of God, you won't pretend to God, you'll surrender to God. You won't run from him. Jacob didn't tell God. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't you know, whitewash his city. He said, this is who I am. But I want you to bless me. And God showed his, the, the magnitude of his power. By saying, you were Jacob. You were a supplanter. You were 419. But I declare you Israel, prince with God. He said, I'm overriding whatever was in your past. 
And from then on, you see something happened with him. He became an Israel. And his prophecies over his children are still being fulfilled today. Why? Because when a man connects with God, desire in, to, to join with what God is doing and say to God, I trust in you. That, what else is salvation? I agree with you. I disagree with myself. I surrender myself to you. When a man does that, a change occurs. And it begins to be what the Bible says, no longer by might, no longer by power, but what? By my spirit. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. For those of us that are born again already, this is a call. The, the message translation of the passage where Jesus said to the disciples, where the disciples asked the master, why could we not cast out the devil from the little boy? The message translation says in that account, it said, because you're not yet taking God seriously. New King James will say, because of your little faith. But the message said, because you're not yet taking God seriously. For those of us that are here that are already born again, what God is saying to you is, in this season, begin to take me seriously. Begin to take what I say concerning you seriously. Begin to know that you are not just ordinary. Begin to know that the angels of heaven have been sent to attend to you, to your words, to your situation, to your circumstance. That's why today when we come to dance and thank God, we're not dancing just to the music. We are dancing to the faithfulness of God, to the majesty of God. We are dancing to the one who our eyes are set on. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills. So in spite of what is happening in my country, I'm dancing because I'm a citizen of heaven. And the kingdom where I come from, they said to me, trust and be not afraid. That's why we'll rejoice today. That's part of the kingdom. But, but for someone here, someone here, there's a part I need you to understand. Our Lord Jesus said also, unless a man be born again, he cannot see. You see, God is very holy. And nobody comes to God on his own terms. Everybody comes to God on God's terms. So he says, how do I do it? Nicodemus asked, how do I do it? He said, you must be born again. What does it mean? It means to surrender. To say to yourself, I know I've lived 47 years. I know I'm 50 something years. I know I'm 20 something years. I know I'm 18 years. But all these years I've lived by myself. From today, I want to surrender my life. So that Jesus will come into my life. And begin to live in me. And live through me. So that my sins can be forgiven. So that my name can be written in the book of life. So that I can become a citizen of that kingdom. That, that's what it means to be born again. It means for, for my guilt... This, this whole record that we talked about, whether it was financial or so, the, the blood of Jesus washed it to the way. And those records are not counted against you anymore. And then you become a new person. That's what happens. And then when that happens, God gives you the gift of his Holy Spirit. He comes and begins to teach you, to guide you in the ways of the Spirit. So that you go on a path from glory. To glory, to glory, to glory. That's, the, that's what it is. So two sets of people I'm speaking to. Those who are born again, he says, take me seriously. Those who are somebody here, today is your day of salvation. I want to pray with you. You're saying, preacher, that is me. Then you can raise your hand anywhere you are. I want Jesus in my life from today. I want to surrender my life to him. Anywhere you are, please. You want me to pray with you? You're saying, Jesus, come into my heart today. Come. I need you. 
I need you. I need you. Come and save me, Jesus. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, off Banex Guarampa Expressway, near Next Cash and Carry, Abuja. 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www.thefatherschurchonline.org. Facebook, facebook.com slash thefatherschurch. Our Twitter handle, at T Father's Church. Also on Instagram, The Father Church. God bless you.